Hi everyone and welcome to the Panama Podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host. Um, I'm delighted to welcome back a very good friend of mine today. Um, he was on the show about a year ago. Um, he's a really great guy, lots of wisdom and a good friend. Uh, Daniel Skillman, welcome back. Hey Jim, how are you? So glad to be back talking with you. Yeah, um, it's good to talk to you too. I, um, we we interact a lot on Facebook and Messenger, and we talk about a lot of things. Um, and yeah, we've got a we we have this ongoing conversation and uh, about things that are going on in the world, in the church and politics and how we believe and lots of other things. And we figured that it might be good just to get one of these conversations down and share it with you. Um, because we've been talking about some really interesting stuff recently. So um, there's been some really interesting things happening, as you probably know, in the world. So, um, yeah, so kind of what's been what's been on your heart recently? What have you been thinking about a lot, Daniel? Well, you mentioned uh, that it's, it's good for us to have a conversation again. And, uh, you know, you and I, I have been engaged in conversation now for years, really, when you mm. think about it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's Facebook or sometimes it's Messenger and uh, occasionally uh, a phone call, although that's far too, you know, uh, seldom. Uh, we'll have to correct that. Yes, but, I think uh, so. <laughs> what, one thing that I value so much about our conversation, you and me, mm-hmm. is that it really is a conversation. You say something, I hear what you say, I try to process it and understand it. Sometimes I'll reflect on it and mm. and then it'll spark a thought that I have and then I'll put it out there and then you'll listen mm. to that and you'll say, huh, okay. And, and, and we'll go back and forth almost like a yeah. Like a like a tennis match, you know, like, you know, you've seen these beautiful matches at Wimbledon and, and it's back and forth. And, and there's even though they're playing against each other, there, there's something about the rhythm of their play. Neither one could do it alone. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and so when you and I are having a conversation, I really feel like it's a a conversation. We're sharing with each other. We're we're. Uh, listening to the other person, not just waiting for our chance to talk, you know? Yeah. Good. So there's, there's an interplay between us and, and we genuinely are concerned with what the other person is saying. We want to understand mm. what the other person is saying and it affects then what we think and, and, and what we say next. And so we are having a genuine conversation. Yeah. But I don't think that very many people are having genuine conversations these days. I uh, could not agree the, more. Yeah. A lot of noise, a lot of talk, a lot of argument, a lot of bluster, uh, uh, trying to, to press a point, but not genuinely conversing. So that I've been thinking about that a lot, about the breakdown in conversation. What, what do you think about it? It's weird that you say that because I, the last few weeks especially – and I was talking to somebody else about this recently on a po- another podcast recording, um, and I heard it on another podcast as well, that we've lost the art of conversation. We've lost the um, art of just having healthy conversation, discussion, list, like you say, listening to each other, uh, hearing what the other person is saying, acknowledging it and re- reflecting on it and responding to it. And um, actually, we were talking. I was talking about it in the context of, I think one of the reasons podcasts have become so popular, is because in good podcasts you find that art of conversation. It's the one place where the art of conversation is practiced. You know, um, a lot of good, a lot of the, especially the the podcasts which involve interviews. Like, there's some really great ones. Like, I mean, on being, like they do some amazing conversations, like with people, and there's loads of other great podcasts that I listen to which are just conversations between two people about their lives about their stories and about what's going on in the world and what matters and like it's just and when you have that genuine interaction 
it's you learn more about yourself, about each other, about and you, know, you can and you grow. Um, and like when I go on Twitter, like I don't see the art of conversation at all. I see people shouting. Oh, no, no. I see a room of people who are all shouting to be heard. And some people have a louder voice than other people, and people with platforms. Funnily enough, because people can see them when they've got platforms. If you talk about a visible room, people with platforms can stand higher than everybody else, so they can be heard more easily. And that's a good metaphor for Twitter. <laughs> um, and um, and that's what it is. People are shouting, and like people aren't having healthy discussion. They're, they're deciding. Um, what, what what's right based on their opinion, and like it's like, and if you don't agree with the opinion of a certain group, um, then you are out and you're excluded and shunned and mocked and attacked and, um, you know, and uh, and that happened. That used to. Ha- and I saw a great tweet actually. I shared it with you the other day that um, conservative evangelicals used to be this like. They have this. They have this way of, of like we're right. We're on the moral high ground. We we have all the answers. Uh, if you disagree with us, we will attack you and mock you and put you down. And uh, this tweet that I shared with you um, said that uh, that basically the, a lot of the progressive liberal uh, church have, are now practicing the same thing. And you know, it's really really. Really, really sad. You know, I've I've noticed a lot of the same things that you're talking about. Uh, you'll forgive me. Uh, our connection maybe isn't the strongest. Here, our our phone connection. So, so I'm only picking up part of what you're saying. But here's the thing: we're all only picking up part of what the other person is saying. And it seems like some people have raised that to an art form in any given conversation our own lenses and biases are affecting what we're hearing and and some people have have used that to paint their conversation partner a certain way and usually in a negative or a derogatory way, they use it to score points. That they, they mm. use it to win an yeah. argument rather than to understand where the person's coming from and reflect on it and and then have some give and take. It, it's almost like uh, more like we're simply just talking to ourselves increasingly. You know, yeah. the other person is there and they say a few words, uh, but but ultimately it's just another excuse for us to spout off more and more. Mm. I, I know that's what I've been noticing quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's, it seems like maybe more, you know, if we did a podcast together about a year ago, it seems like it's gotten worse, not better. Yeah, I agree. And. Um, and actually, it's one of the reasons I spotted this is because I, I used to do this, and um, to, and what well, actually it's funny, it's interesting. A couple of years ago, um, a good friend of mine, a wise, very wise friend of mine, um, called me out on this. It was just when Trump was about to get elected, um, and I was angry about it, and I was ranting off like everybody else was, and like getting a bit and it was getting a bit vicious and like this friend of mine had noticed it and it was saying like you know this is like immature this is really immature this is not you're not listening to anybody you're just you're just spouting off you know and you're not paying attention you you know you're just kind of up on your high horse you know you need to kind of slow down and and listen and it really struck a chord. I, it felt like a knife piercing my heart. It was like, oh my god, that's true, you know. And um, I literally took a step back. And actually, a few weeks later, I was with my spiritual director, and I had a chat about about this. And and I started to, and I was talking about how we need to hear each other's stories and we need to listen to each other. And I, and I haven't, I've done, I've got this wrong. 
And actually, like, you know, we need to hear the people who voted for Trump. We need to listen to their stories. We need to understand why they voted for Trump, not just sit and judge them. And then my, and then I noticed as I was saying it, I was like, oh, how I believe has changed. Like, I don't, I'm not in that binary way of seeing the world anymore. Like, I've actually shifted out of it. Um, and actually, ironically, Donald Trump getting elected was the kind of kick kickstart thing that kickstarted that. Um, okay. It had been going on for, I think it was a process that I'd been engaging with for a while, but then, like, you know when something hits your subconscious rather than just your conscious self, then you know mm-hmm. it's really sunk in, and then, because it, this had come from my subconscious, and I was like, oh, I've, oh, this is different. You know, I, I, where did this come from? You know, um, and ever since then I've gone further and further into that kind of non-binary way of believing, where... Like, we need to hear everyone's stories and have the same standards for everybody and listen, like, and pay attention and not just, like, jump down people's throats and shout and be reactive, you know? And I was actually talking to somebody else about this on a podcast that... um, Actually, it wasn't during the podcast. It was after we'd finished recording. That, like, this thing of, like, when there's a big event, like a big shooting or something, or, like some big news story that people go on Twitter and say, if your pastor's not preaching about this on Sunday, then leave your church, you know? And, yeah, right. And this, and this always used to annoy me because, and I couldn't figure out why. And I talked about it with this guy who actually is a pastor, um, and, uh, an LGBT pastor. Um, and, and, uh, I said like, Oh yeah, we actually what we need to be doing is talking about these subjects all the time, like months before they become news, not just after they become news. We should be talking about them anyway. Like guns is an issue anyway. We should be talking about like abuse is an issue we should be talking about anyway. Not just when there's been a big event in the news. We should be talking about this stuff anyway because it's important. You know, not it, we need to be prophetic rather than reactive. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think maybe you've you've touched on one of the issues, uh, which is this. It, it's more about the platform and standing up and being heard and seen and noticed, building a following, gaining a reputation, earning points, getting fame. However you want to put it, it seems like that's the goal these days for a lot of folks. And it happens at all levels. I mean, it's not just big, big stars who are doing this. I mean, it's, Mm. it's people like you and me, maybe it is you and me sometimes there's something in the news. And so then we write something about it and we put it out there because it's the hot topic of the day. And the idea is to, get clicks, get likes, get engagement, get get the ball rolling, get our names out there when you know the, at at the very least there's some mixed motives involved in that. Yeah. And so what your pastor friend has suggested which is well, we should authentically be talking about these kind of issues that are important all the time, not just at the highlight moments. You know, that that's coming from someone who is suggesting that we have conversation, yeah. not uh, these these shouting matches or platform building exercises that it seems like we are mostly having. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to him about I was talking about this with him and thinking about issues which nobody talks about. You know, we don't talk about um, Yemen. We don't talk about. Uh, we don't talk about the water crisis. We don't, you know, we don't talk about poverty. We don't talk about climate change. Like, nobody talks about this. Like, this is a fundamental thing that Christians should be talking about, or that everyone should be talking about, but especially Christians, because God made the earth and we're meant to be stewards of it. You know, and nobody yeah. talks about it. Like, and this is another, that's another thing that the current American government have done really badly, and nobody's talking about it. Why? It, this is not. That's not. Well, that, that's that should yeah. be like an urgent, <laughs> urgent issue which affects everybody on the planet. Like, 
we, we need to be doing something about it. Like, so why is nobody getting worked up about it? Because it's not popular to be. Like, pastors should be preaching about that all the time. Like, how can we take better care of our planet? How can we do it in our day-to-day life? Why is this important? Like, this is a big thing. And yeah. so stuff, but why are we not, why does nobody ever talk about it? Why does nobody ever say, why, if your pastor's not talking about climate change and the environment, then there's something wrong. Like, because pastors should be talking about that. You know, um, pastors should be yeah, talking about... Speci- yeah, like a specific issue like climate change. Uh, I mean, in the United States of America, close to half of the elected officials, one complete public, you know, platform of a... Uh, a major political party, they essentially just deny that it's happening. Yeah, you know they they are well. The science is not settled, and uh, so the reason they don't talk about it is because they think it's essentially a hoax or a put on or you know some yeah. political angle on the other side, and that's so you know it doesn't get talked about here because half the people don't even think it's a thing. Yeah, and but the the, the, the 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 I guess the thing that frustrates me about that is that people who do know it's a thing don't talk about it. Like people who do know it's a thing with a platform don't say anything about. It. I never see anyone talk about it on Twitter. Anyone, any one of these Christian like leaders with great with big followings, I don't see them talk about it ever. Mm-hmm. And like, why? <laughs> this is a big, huge topic which affects everybody. Like and like and America is the the most powerful nation in the world and probably does the most damage to the climate of any nation apart from maybe China and Korea but um, like so they if America are doing it badly then that affects everybody else and that's why like and we need to be doing better you know um, we need to be advocating and protesting about that because if we don't do that then generations to come won't be here you know um so, I mean, that's just one example. I'm not like saying that's just the only example. There's other issues as well, which I'm not getting sure about. But yeah. that is a really good example because that is something that affects everybody on the in the planet. Like, yeah, there's no exceptions to that. So, well, yeah, if we're burning the planet up, I mean, if if that's what we're doing, then you would think that would be front and center issue number one all day, every day. Uh, hmm. But it's not. I, I, I myself am not a climate scientist. I have to re, uh, rely on the information coming from people who are experts in those areas. And as near as I can tell, there's a rather healthy consensus that, yes, indeed, the planet's getting warmer and human beings uh, are, are lending their hand to that. And if we don't do something about it soon, we'll, we'll push it to a tipping point where some major major changes will take place that well we're just not going to like exactly exactly and what actually what annoys me is that there'll be some big crisis event that happens and then all these people will start saying like oh you have to be talking about it in church on sundays like and we have to be doing that and talking about it all the time because it's fashionable and it's in the news when you should have been talking about it now, like when it's not fashionable, when it's not always. Well, maybe you've hit on a human problem. <laughs> uh, we, we are not very good at preventative measures. No. We are no. really more often than not crisis actors. You know, uh, people can do wonderful and amazing things in the middle of a crisis uh, that yeah. just uh, amaze us. Yeah. But uh, that is. same person, yeah. if you say, well, why don't you plan ahead? Eh, I'll get around to it. Ah, it's yeah. not a big thing. I mean, yeah, it, it's you could say the same thing with uh, gun control. Yeah, absolutely. You know, th- yeah. there are people who will do absolutely amazing heroic things under fire, but then when things are calm and it's time to discuss, well, who should have guns and how many and what types and why, they just refuse to participate in the conversation or worse they obstruct it's Mm. astonishing to me yeah and it's all because we're lacking the prophetic in our culture we've become a very reactive reactive culture you know yeah i don't you know whether it's become or maybe we just kind of always have been well yeah maybe that's what it is yeah maybe that's what it is but well it's like us you know we haven't had a 
a super in-depth conversation on your podcast in in a year mm. and, and and both of us sort of remarked well why not you know it mm. you didn't pick up the phone i didn't pick up the phone life happened other things were going on and, yeah. and we just kind of we just sort of let it go yeah and then we picked it up again which is good but i i, I just think we people human beings in general struggle mm. with this sort of long-term thinking and planning ahead thing i mean we're, we're a lot better than our primate ancestors but we still haven't evolved very far have we no unfortunately not um yeah and it's all to do with like what we were talking about you know people not people wanting to build platforms not wanting to really initiate like change before it happens you know um, not say what's unpopular but needs to be said you know um, we're missing our John the Baptists if you see what I mean um, yeah people who sound crazy um, when when you hear them first and everyone says they're crazy and then a few years later you realise they were absolutely nailed on like um, yeah it's like back in the 1930s um when Adolf Hitler came to power in Germany, um, a lot of Western powers kind of hailed him as this great leader and how efficient his um, country was and how successful they were economically and that he's got a model to follow for the whole world and this was the popular opinion. Um, meanwhile, one person, um, Winston Churchill... In the 1930s, was saying this guy's dangerous. He's going to kill lots of people. Um, his politics is very dangerous. Like we need to be careful about him. We need to watch him. Um, war is going to come if we're not careful. Um, and uh, and everyone wrote him off and said he was um, an old stupid idiot and warmonger and like just didn't listen to him. And of course, six years later. Um, we had the second world war um and it was a lot worse than people had predicted as well a lot worse than churchill had predicted because we had the holocaust and everything you know so like we and you know we're missing people like that who were going who are going to say the truth even when it's unpopular you know what i mean yeah the, there are uh as you put it before few prophets right few few prophets who are willing to stand up and say the hard thing and just just because it's the right thing there are some folks who will say the hard thing but but they do it almost as a way of of again building the platform getting their name out there getting the clicks and likes and uh, mm. uh, the energy on their pages but th th there are a few where uh, it, it comes out of them organically and and in a meaningful way and, and in a way that is intended and aimed at helping the problem, not just spewing about it. You, yeah. you know, th there's a difference between saying a hard thing but saying it with the intent to heal or saying it with the intent to harm. Yeah, and, and I just find very few voices are saying hard things, period. And then those that among those that are, there are very few that are saying it with an intent to heal. There are some who say it with an intent to build a platform or to harm other people, but it just seems like there are very few who are genuinely concerned and wanting to find solutions to problems. And and that's kind of scary because some of these problems are very big. Yeah, and yeah, there's people who want to pronounce judgment before examining the facts. You know, a lot. I mean, like, <laughs> don't no, I mean, get I, me started. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm talking about the, the example I want to use is is Brexit because um, okay. this is one that's close to home for me because I live in the UK. Um, yes. When we had the referendum two years ago, um, the the Leave campaign were telling us like the, the sorry the remain campaign was saying look at all these look at all this evidence look at all these facts all the experts what look at what they're saying the damage that will happen to this country if we leave the eu economically and 
in other ways. Um, yeah, and they presented a whole load of evidence, and, and all the academics were saying this is a bad idea. We should not do this, and they presented detailed evidence to support their argument, and it was compelling, you know. Um, and then you have other politicians on the on the leave side who were saying, "Don't listen to the facts." Don't listen mm. to all this stuff. They actually said it on live on national radio. This is what they actually said. Don't listen to the facts. Uh, like we need to have our identity back. We need to, like, they didn't say make Britain great again, <laughs> but that's what they were saying. You know, like we need to um, get get our independence and like take back control. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's it's scary how similar the language was to Donald Trump actually. Um, and um, and that convinced people because people weren't examining the facts; they were just list. They were just kind of following the best story, which is what people do in elections. Actually, um, they don't examine the facts; they they just follow the best story a lot of the time. Um, well, in recent years, in recent years, it seems like though that has become a badge of honor. It, it, yeah. It's true that we follow the best stories in the past, and that we often let our biases override our better natures and our, you know, and our rational thinking. Yeah, of course, yes. But it seems like recently, people are prideful mm. in that they are not following the facts; that they are. Yeah. purposefully choosing a narrative to follow facts be damned Th that is something different yeah absolutely and like yeah and there were a lot of people who in that referendum who who were exactly like that they interviewed them on the news and saying i don't care what they say i you know i want my country back you know like um i don't mm -hmm. care what the experts say you know like they're just they called it project fear like that's what they called it <laughs> all these facts they weren't like scaremongering they were using actual facts and everything that they said by the way all these experts has happened <laughs> so it wasn't project fear it was just project fact actually in reality um um so <laughs> but even now they say oh you know like project fear is still trying to make it sound more you know like they're still peddling this narrative you know, and people still believe it, and um, because we just don't want to, we don't, we don't care about the facts anymore. You know, and, um, we need to yeah, that, examine the facts right. before we make conclusions. We don't it's, care about the facts anymore. I think that is increasingly true. Of course, we here in the United States saw a lot of that during the 2016 presidential campaign. Uh, it, it just seemed like the facts didn't matter. Uh, hmm. it, it, it was whatever your guy or gal said, and that was the end of it. And one side, uh, in this case, uh, it was the Republicans, they they seemed to be a lot worse about it. And in particular, Donald Trump, Yeah, you, you'd almost think it was his strategy to yeah. say so many misleading false partially false or just outright lies that that we can't keep up with it, it it's a barrage of half truths untruths and uh, outright lies so, so big that eventually people grow tired and just stop fighting mm. uh, it's a in a way it's quite a brilliant strategy um, yeah yeah. But, but it's not an honourable one. It's no, not an honourable strategy. It's not an honourable strategy in any way. Um, and that's, I think that's why a lot, like myself and other people had this bad feeling about that election. Because we'd already had the same thing happen with Brexit like six months yes. before that. And, we, and, like, and it was like, I think it was the, the last month before the election... I just yes. had this. I like. I really like. I was just. I was trying to tell myself Hillary was going to win this. Hillary going to win this. Like, but in my gut, I was like, Oh no! I know what's going to happen. Like, people are just going to listen to this this stupid narrative, which is has no basis in actual fact, and going to ignore all these bad things that this guy has done, and mm -hmm. who he is. Mm -hmm. They're just going to ignore it and just vote for him anyway. And like, 
yeah, it was a, it was like this. It was like watching a car crash in slow motion. Like yeah, you knew it was yeah, going to happen, and you couldn't do anything about it, and it was just going to happen. And um, it, yeah, it, here's the thing: there are going to be people who are listening now who say, "Oh, great, just another bash Donald Trump." Uh, far lefty podcast and uh, <laughs> yeah. podcast host and pod, you know, podcast guest. Uh, uh, so what? Here's just another one. And and let me just say, no, n- not exactly. And and here's why. Because so you described the situation with Brexit. Yeah. Then then I talked a little bit about the thing with Donald Trump, but the key words in both of what we have said is the people. The people are the ones who ultimately made the choices. Yeah. I mean, it was the American people who elected Donald Trump. Now, you say, well, it was only the electorate who elected him. And you say, okay, so that's a smaller group than the total American people. But the people who sat out, hey, okay, they sat out. That's their fault. They chose not to choose, and so they threw their votes away. But amongst those who voted... They're, they're the ones who matter because they're the ones who, who want their voices heard. So they spoke up and amongst them enough voted that he won. Yeah. A- and you say, OK, well, he did not win the majority of even that vote. And I say, yep, you're right. That's true. There's a, a quirky electoral college system that we have here in the United States that might have made sense in one era. And today we're starting to wonder if that still makes sense. But that is our system. And under that system, which has been in place for decades and decades and decades and decades, it, it's he won fair and square. So you go, well, how? The people. The, mm. the, the problem with this whole truth thing and what are facts and who cares about facts and who doesn't, it's not just Donald Trump. It's not just the fact that Brexit happened. It It's that enough people supported these things. Yeah. That's the real hole. Uh, After Donald Trump, he's here, and in a couple of years, he's going to be gone. Or maybe it'll be six years. It's hard to tell. Who knows who will win in 2020? But he's going to be gone eventually. Yes, that's right. And that's actually... What's coming next? Yeah, that's right. Who's planning for 2024? Who's planning mm-hmm. for 2020, 2028, you know? Um, and what's happening to the American people in the meantime, and not just the American people, but your your people, the British people, well, yeah, I mean, the this people is the, of all of Europe or all of the Western civilization seems to be beginning to decay right in front of our eyes. Yeah, and it's interesting because we've had the party conferences of the main parties in the last few weeks. And one of the narratives that has been that, that, that like experts have been saying is that we we like Brexit happens next March, one way or another. Yeah. So we need to figure out what kind. What are we going? Because we've been so focused on Brexit for two years that we that domestic policy has been forgotten. Um, a vision for this country beyond Brexit and domestic policy um, has. Uh, you know, there isn't one. Nobody is casting that vision, you know. Um, and we need somebody to do that, you know. And we have Jeremy Corbyn, who is basically a um, Bernie Sanders, if you're American, that's basically who he is, but much more left-wing than Bernie Sanders. Um, okay. Um, and pretty much just like a really hardcore socialist, really hardcore. Um and uh, you know his vision for the country is dangerous. I think personally because it's going to create lots of debt and like it's going to make things. It's going to be counterproductive. Its intentions are good, but it, I believe it will be counterproductive. You know, and it's quite extreme left wing. When we have the Conservative Party, which is like your um, Republican Party, but not quite as right wing as the Republican Party. Um, in fact, it's probably. The moderate part of the Conservative Party is closer to the Democratic Party in America, um, but the right-wing part part of the Conservative Party is closer to the Republican part, if that makes sense. But uh, they're, okay. they're they're going further to the right, and so there's this big gap in the middle of English politics, British politics, 
like where there's a people like me who are politically homeless, who have no one to speak mm. for us and no one who's casting a vision <coughs> like for the yeah. next decade who we can listen to and who's credible and who's, who's going to get elected. And it's, yeah. you know, things are shifting. They're talking about a new party forming with moderates from both of the other main parties coming together and forming a new party. And there's apparently there's people who are ready to fund it and um, all this kind of thing, you know, and that they're thinking that that might happen after Brexit. After Brexit, things are going to, things are going to happen very quickly. You know, um, people are saying yeah, that, certainly once that really becomes official, Oh boy. Yeah. And they think that the people are saying that the prime minister will be toppled by her own party um, as soon as Brexit is done. You know, um, because within the party membership, she's not popular. She's popular with them, with her MPs, but not with the party membership. Um, mm. And that's the thing: party party members are taking control of parties. Like the reason that the current Labour leadership is in place is because of the membership. The MPs don't most. There's a large proportion of MPs who don't support him, although they're. To trying to change that through deselection, um, which is a whole other debate discussion. But yeah, things are shifting politically. Like, like it's happening here. It's happening in America. Like, and there's gonna be some kind of reckoning at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, we're we're experiencing it right now. Uh, yeah, we're in it's the middle of it. it. Is what I would say. Uh, yeah, I think you know when you abandon when you abandon facts pretty much altogether. Um, what's left but power and violence and ultimately bloodshed and war. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you cannot have a conversation, th then you are left only with some form of a rupture in the relationship. Yeah. If, if you can't converse, you either walk away from each other, right? You just cut it off or, or you fight. Yeah, and, and it's become so tribal, hasn't it? It's just... Oh, yeah. I mean, I was thinking, like, when when Brexit happened, that the best thing for a new Prime Minister to come in and do would say, OK, let's have a cross-party committee <laughs> and negotiating team for this. This is such a big thing, which affects everyone. Instead of being tribal about it, let's just have a cross-party team of experts and former MPs and current MPs and they can figure out the best options do the research and come back and make a proposal to us like and which is not favorable to any party which is not party political um and based on facts you know and that would have been a grown-up responsible way to deal with it and uh -huh. like I would have respected someone who had done that that would to me that would be that's the sensible way of doing doing it and they didn't do that um they made it all tribal and political and you know it's just a nightmare but it's like it's it's, it's going back to the where we began which is the art of conversation you know um and healthy discussion between people who disagree with each other and just being able to have that dialogue yes yes we we are losing that have lost it uh and and there are some pockets where they're picking it up again and, and that's encouraging i mean you mentioned uh a, a number of different podcasts where uh the art of conversation is taking place and people are rediscovering that uh, mm. i just don't know if it's enough yet well no take that back it's not enough yet it has no. to happen more yeah it does i absolutely agree yeah um we need to learn how to practice conversation i actually was saying to somebody the other day how doing this podcast for three years has taught me the art of conversation i've learned by doing all these interviews that i've that i've had all these discussions that i've had with people how to have conversation mm -hmm. and um like you know, because being an introvert and you know not being able to pick up social cues very well, and um, not being not being good at like chit chat, you know, just day to day chit chat stuff, I never got a chance really to learn how to have a healthy conversation. And the reason I look forward to doing these podcasts now is that I get to have that. I get to have healthy 
dialogue about issues that that are really important and i learned something and then hopefully they learn something as well yeah i mean the, what what a in a way what a great therapy you've got for yourself set up there <laughs> you know yeah, it's, um, it, yeah. You, you get to practice uh, frequently and 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 it surprises me, I suppose, to to hear you uh, describe yourself as somebody you know who maybe struggles with that. Because in my experience, you seem to be quite good at it. Uh, yeah. So for whatever that's worth, uh, that's what other people say to me. To you. Other people say what you said to me as well. Somebody else said that to me the other day. Um, and I think when it comes to discussing issues, and when it's things that I maybe have an experience of or knowledge of or background in, um, or understanding of, and I'm confident about, um, and in a safe setting, like one-to-one, or two, or groups of two or three, I can open up and be much more confident, and conversational, and uh, assertive, I guess, in conversation, and more extroverted, like, um, I, I, I enjoy talking in front of a group, you know, I enjoy doing talks, um, I get a buzz out of that. You know, I, I love doing that. I prefer that to, to kind of just general chit chat conversation at a big party where everyone's got a glass of wine or something and they're all moving around the room. You know, no. I I struggle when when in those situations when it's a big party of lots of people and you've got, you've got to make make general conversation. I really struggle with that. Um, I'm not quite. I'm better than I was. I mean, I've, but I've had to teach myself how to do that. Um, yeah, and actually doing this podcast is again it's helped me with that. So um, it has been kind of a form of therapy, I guess. <laughs> oh, that, that is a good thing then. To be, be be glad glad of it then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that uh, all of us, generally speaking, and all of us can use more practice in this art of conversation, and uh, we, we would all do well to listen to those uh, those people who are already pretty well practiced at it and and to hear what they do and, and watch them and see how they handle situations and controversies and conflicts and uh, to sort of sort of let them model uh, proper conversation for us. The trouble is is we're picking so many of the wrong models. Hmm. I mean, you know, the folks on uh, your typical cable news station, uh, you know the, uh, the the whether it's the newscasters, the journalists, or or whether it's the opinion people, it almost doesn't matter much because they're all operating on this soundbite platform mm. where it's not really conversation. It's just okay. You say a word, then I say a word, and then the next two minutes are us shouting over each other. And nothing really gets solved, but boy, doesn't it make for great television? Mm, yeah, you know, and and that's not conversation. I mean, there's people talking, but it's not conversation. Where yeah. you get a conversation is when you turn into some of these hour long, two hour long, three hour long, in some cases, podcasts, mm, where where the host will sit down with some person. And they'll they'll start talking about such and such an issue, and you know the host will ask a question, the guest will start to talk, and then and then they'll go back and forth on that same thing for a half an hour. Yeah. And uninterrupted. Yeah. Where else? Where else are we seeing that happen? Exactly. I, you know. I, I can't think of too many places. You know, um, it's not a coincidence so, for me that my closest relationships, friendships and dating have come through either late night conversation up like in person, just talking, talking, talking or on the phone, like long conversations, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've built good relationships. I've actually built good dating relationships on the phone like like uh, not the last girl I dated but the girl before like we got to know each other like in a five hour phone conversation mm-hmm. and it was like we've been chatting on messenger for like a few days an email and then we started chatting 
on Facebook Messenger, and that kept going. And so we thought we might as well just phone each other. And then we chatted till like two or three in the morning on the phone. And by then we were like, okay, we need to get we need to get together as quickly as possible, because <laughs> we knew because <laughs> we because we talked for like such a long time. You'd invested so much in that conversation, and like you got to know each other, and like. Like when I go on dates, that's what I like the best is the conversation. You know, um, when I hang out with friends, you know, I love like just conversation about anything. You can, when you can just talk for hours and just not run out of things to say, it's a great thing. You know, and we need to practice it more. Yes, yeah, I, I'm in a full agreement with that. It, it can. Uh, that's what's gonna ultimately be be the avenue towards solving some of these great problems we have because if we if we abandon conversation that then the only thing we're really left with is some degree of violence and that is clearly getting us nowhere or worse into a grave mm. uh it's uh, violence just breeds more violence it, even on small scale levels i mean you know what it's like when Somebody says something that bothers you or digs into you or is rude, and and you know that instinct you have to hit back, and and let's face it, sometimes you do. Yeah. What inevitably happens is is then they hit back harder, and yeah. and the only thing that stops it is one of you completely walks away, mm. which is itself a form of violence, right? You've just ruptured the relationship. Yeah. Or or somebody comes to their senses and says, hey, man, I'm sorry, and uh, I hope you'll forgive me, and, and you know what? I forgive you for all the nonsense, too. Let's start over. Yeah. So when when are we going to do that uh, culturally? Yeah. So I, we haven't mentioned uh, Christianity really not too much until now, so let me give a commercial before we – before we end, I mean, this is the stuff <laughs> yeah. Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago. It really is, yeah. You know, the the end of violence and the increase of conversation and forgiveness, like, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That old, those old, outdated concepts from that that beat up, dusty book preached by men in robes in uh, fast emptying cathedrals, you know, the stuff that's supposed to be completely irrelevant. Like it's literally the only thing that is going to save our world. It, it really is. And actually I found myself going to the words of Jesus more than ever. Like, cause they are so true right now. I've just been posting <coughs> tweets instead of reacting and stuff, instead of letting people wind me up, with some of their approaches and attitudes and the ways of believing. I've just posted yeah. quotes of Jesus with no comment, just quotes of Jesus. Like, mm -hmm. um, the measure you use, it will be used unto you. You know, right. love your neighbor as yourself, love your enemies, pray for those who hurt you, bless those who hate you. You know, like that kind of thing. It's not, that's not me. That's just Jesus. <laughs> that's not, right. you know, you can't right. misinterpret that. You can't, like you don't have to add context to that that it's there it's like it's pretty simple what that means you know um and this is like 2000 years old it's not you know but are we are we doing this do we actually know what that means like the loving your enemies thing like i think people have forgotten what that means it's like to me sometimes it feels like loving your enemies means love people who are nice people who you like have a little disagreement with like who you can tolerate disagreeing with, um, uh -huh, yeah. like, but not the people that you really, whose beliefs really are abhorrent to you. You don't have to love them, them, you know? Um, um, you no, have, no, it pretty much means the, it pretty much means everyone. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, everybody. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. And, um, well, it's and it's lovely. not easy. I mean, no, well, it's not. let's face it, it. It's not, we have certain instincts and, uh, to, do continue the fight and, and argue and yeah. uh, and uh, butt up against each other and to win. But how do you say? 
we have enough history under our belt now. We can look at that and see where it gets us. And it's just graveyard after graveyard uh, Mm -hmm. with that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, escalating the violence is not the answer. Killing the enemy is not the answer. And we've just proved it so many times over. I I can't believe we need to repeat it. Yeah, I know. it's, said, uh, yeah, I've said so many if times. If it wasn't real life, I would think it was a terrible joke. Yeah, no, exactly. Sometimes I find myself <laughs> laughing, just laughing, almost in like black humor, like because it's just and, so. And let me say bad, because the since is this laughing. is not, since this is not just a conversation between friends, uh, and and you're recording this for some sort of posterity. You know, somebody might hear this someday and say, "Oh, I know that Skillman guy. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> practice what he preaches." And, uh, and let me just say, yeah, you're right. Sometimes I don't. Yep, Sometimes yep. I, I get caught up in the same dynamics and, and and I forget to forgive or even I know I should and I just don't on purpose because I'm so upset in the moment. Yeah, I, I do the that, same. I, and God knows uh, <laughs> I'm guilty. So yep. I, let me, me just too. come right out and say that. Uh, but... But I'm trying, and in yep. in my better moments, I, I certainly know that that is not helpful. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, and so I want to do better, and I want to encourage others to do better. Yeah, I think we're really so on the I, same I, page I'm not here. saying these yeah. things from a high platform of moral superiority. I'm saying them as somebody who also struggles with the same stuff, but but recognizes there is a better way, and together we can walk that way yeah i absolutely agree yeah um i think that's a really good place to to end i think like just to okay yeah yep, for now not good to me. It's, this is this is this is like this is um a really good conversation and i think we need to continue this conversation in another yeah. in another podcast um, I'd look forward to it. I was, would. Yeah, I mean, I. Um, the reason, by the way, is that um, I have guests in the in the next room, so I have to go and see them. But um, please do. Um, yeah, yep. um, attend to your folks there. If yep. I, if they weren't here, I would be talking to you all night, probably. Um, <laughs> um, but well, hey, one of these times we'll have to arrange. Uh, 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 an opportunity where, if if the spirit leads, we have the the availability to do that. Yep, I think that's a good idea, and maybe we'll record some of it um, as well. But um, yeah, because we need to All do right, this well, now. Hey, yeah. You take care. I know it's got to be what nine nine o'clock or so over there, and uh, you'll probably be wrapping up your night before too long. But yeah, uh, and enjoy what's left today. Okay. Yeah. And so thanks for listening, everyone. And, um, yeah, do learn to practice the art of conversation. I really recommend that. And we're going to look, I think that's one topic I really want to get to do more on this um, with more than with, with lots of people um, on this podcast. So um, thanks for listening, everyone.